hose every time. Line it down a little bit. Fourth time is apparently the charm. Welcome to Wrestle Makes the World. Thanks, everybody, at CB. Alongside the one and only AD, we're back at it again, Cabernet, for mm-hmm. what? Quite the momentous and. Is, is momentous a word? Yeah, it is. It's a word. All right, good. Yep. See, we're on the same track yeah, here. We're going to a simpler monumental. Monumental, momentous, historic week in the world of professional wrestling. A mm-hmm. lot going on. Coming off of a, a hot, very large, gargantuan, that's a word. WrestleMania. Just your ad- adjective, I'm just going uh, through arsenal. all my. I, I'm getting the vocab book out from yeah. like eighth grade and I'm going through all the adjectives. Um, but uh, a huge WrestleMania following up a gargantuan week, maybe not so much creative wise, but announcement wise <laughs> for the industry. Uh, a lot to talk about, and uh, as all these things were kind of unraveling, mm-hmm. uh, my initial thought was I can't wait to get Caparoni in the stool and talk about all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. Caparoni. Welcome back to the show. Here we are again. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we sure do. We sure do. And uh, where do we begin? Well, let's think about it. Let's. Uh, th- apparently, this past week, the WWE has been sold. Yep. And we saw rumblings about it over Mania weekend. And then, like right away, Monday morning was like, boom, news out. Yes. We've uh, we've been talking about this for uh, the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Speculation. I mean, at least yeah. a couple of months ago, we had the the idea, or the, at least the illusion that potentially. Saudi Arabia could be a contender to purchase the WWE. Yeah, that was the initial rumor, was Saudi Arabia. There was an entire 72 hours where my weekend was ruined because <laughs> of every, that was the that I was think the rumor. everyone was ruined over that. that. I remember when that came out and it dropped and multiple sources confirmed it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like a destroyed Worst company. case scenario. Like, yes. I remember texting you, I was like, what the fuck? I literally woke up and I felt like a pit in my stomach. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god. They're going to be live golf. No TV yep. network's going to buy their stuff. Yep. Uh, they have a senile 80-year-old man <laughs> that's just making decisions that are not good for the next generation mm-hmm. after his time is up. Yep. And uh, so where we ended up a couple of months later, Endeavor has now officially purchased World Wrestling Entertainment, mm-hmm. a monumental mm-hmm. shift uh, with... WB changing ownership and guard uh, with Vince McMahon uh, giving up control, mm-hmm. at least 51% of it. Yep. Now to Endeavor, who also is owners, as you see there, of the uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship. Ari Emanuel, um, major talent agency, uh, powerhouse in the entertainment industry. Has its own series based on him, pretty much. <laughs> you know, we're talking about that as well. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit, but... Uh, Cap Rooney, give me your thoughts. Endeavor is the new owner of WWE. Give me your thoughts. How do you feel? What do you think? Just what do you? How I mean, do you... I think out of all the bidders, it's probably best case scenario for them because you know it kind of kind of goes hand in hand with UFC, like combat wise, because you know WWE is like this staged combat atmosphere, so it goes hand in hand with each other. Uh, so I think it's a, a natural fit together. You know, I, I like it more than NBC, which I think was the only other logical place it could have gone. Yes. Um, I'm curious to see, though, you know, where they go with the whole TV route and everything. Because, you know, a lot of people's concerns were, are they going to go the UFC pay-per-view route where they're charging like 80 bucks just to watch a premium live event now? Um, I know a lot of people panic about that. But I saw uh, in 2025, that's when the uh, Peacock deal expires. So I'm curious to see. You know, I'm guessing now everything will stay the same live event-wise, but I'm curious once that 2025 date hits, do they do a restructure or do they just continue as is? 
So I've had a lot of thoughts that let it marinate over the last mm-hmm. week to think about this. Um, if you can't tell, I'm super at this stage of my life at 34 years old. I'm super into the business side of professional wrestling mm-hmm. more so than you know the bad guy versus the good guy as I was yep. when I was 12 or 13. And I've thought a lot about this, and I'm excited about the deal. I think they give the WWE the best opportunity for growth. Yeah, I agree with that. Sustainability in the long run. If they were to sell the Universal or NBC, NBC or Disney, um, if NBC now is going to be forced to put it on their networks and put it on Peacock, and the the potential for growth is kind of limited there. Like mm-hmm. they can try to increase live events, do very small kind of incremental things, but yep. They can't go out and sell it to another network. They're not going to do that. They already own networks. So it's just like, yep. all right, they're not making anything from the TV rights. Mm-hmm. Where now is Endeavor is own it, but they don't have the TV network. So they're going to be now motivated to take this, oh, absolutely. this gargantuan 40 years of intellectual property and try to go out and sell it to network after network and deal after deal and use the synergies that they've already created over the last seven years with the Ultimate Fighting Championship to take this kind of global entertainment, combat, sports, you know, unique pro- uh, property um, to some kind of unique level. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth there um, with package deals of TV. All right, all right mm-hmm. we're going to go to a, a go international and we're going to sell to Sky Sports. We're going to sell, um, excuse me. Uh, the UFC library, we're going to do best knockouts of 2023, and yep. you're also going to get, like, um, a couple of, like, you know, syndicated programming of WWE. Yep. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Or you're going to get ten fight nights a year, and you're also going to get Monday Night Raw. Or you're going to get a pay-per-view on your, like, whatever kind of international deals. So I think international, there's a lot of opportunity for growth there. Uh, domestically, it's going to be interesting to see where we go here, because UFC's locked into Disney. Yeah, uh, and uh, for over the next several years, mm-hmm. and NBC, uh, excuse me, WWE is locked into uh, NBC Universal for two more years. Yep. So what I think is when both of those expire, I think Endeavor is going to kind of let all this marinate right now. Oh and yeah. They luckily they have time to kind of like you know settle in to taking over the company, you know, get their uh, bearings before they have to make this big decision. Well, they're going to have to because right now the deal isn't officially official yet. Mm-hmm. Like it has to go through probably dozens and thousands of papers already of, on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there. It has to go through regulate regulators have to approve it. Uh, or or it will just get Lloyd to handle it. Yeah, yeah Lloyd will <laughs> handle it. Yeah, Lloyd, get down there and handle it. Uh, but they have to go through so much legal kind of back and forth obligations mm-hmm. before this is an official kind of thing. Like, I mean, this reminds me of. I mean, it was, it was a total disaster, but when AOL purchased, or Time Warner purchased AOL, right? Now, AOL purchased Time Warner in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deal didn't go live until January 2001, like, yeah. until it was official, official, official. So, we were chatting about this a little bit over text. I don't expect this new TKO corporate entity to go live until probably Q1 2024. Yeah, that'd be a safe... Uh... Um, so, that'll, that'll be... That'll be so. Let's call it 2024. The deal kicks in officially, and now Endeavor's in the driver's seat. Ari is showing up at at Raw, coming out, cutting yep. a promo, <laughs> and uh, Ari Gold, and etc. And I, I think they're going to take that first year of feeling it out, 
Let's get the bearings going. Let's leave Triple H and Vince McMahon kind of let them kind of duke it out a little bit and see where it goes from well, it's there. It's going to be like them like learning the business kind of year, I feel like. Yes. I think they need to. They're mm-hmm. like, we're now in the wrestling business. We know nothing about the wrestling business. We have to learn about it. We have to just download it all and see kind of where it goes from here. Yep. And I'm going to say by 2025, 2026, you're going to see some change. Uh, at least with television deals structuring and all that, I don't think they're going to touch creative. They're not wrestling guys. And, no, I don't you think know, they the, will, the, yeah. It's the, just going to be like presentation-wise they're going to touch. Yeah, I think it's going to be more on the business side. I don't think the fan, like if you're a fan of WWE, I don't think you're going to notice a whole lot different. No, I, I mean, so. if you look at the the track record, UFC was purchased by Endeavor in 2016, and virtually nothing from the presentation has changed. Mm-hmm. The only thing that has changed is the way you access it. You have to go through like two paywalls, yep, and pay like ninety dollars to watch. You have to a get UFC an ESPN pay-per-view. Plus membership, then you have to buy the pay per view like for another eighty some bucks. Like, so that's a good wild. point. Yeah, I wanted to touch about that. So. People are like, oh my god, Endeavor bought it. They're going to charge for pay-per-views. They're going to charge all this stuff. That is actually a Disney decision. That's not a Dana White decision. So that is a deep part of the deal they negotiated to sell their pay-per-view rights to Disney. Disney mm-hmm. is the one that controls charging of the things, upcharging and raising the rights. Dana White mm-hmm. even came out and says, I'm not a fan of charging more for these shows. Yeah, Disney kind of controls that. So... I don't think, I mean, I think we will see a change in that. I'm going to admit that in 2025, 2026, I think we're going to be paying for Royal Rumble again. At least the big four shows. Royal Rumble and WrestleMania again. I think it's definitely going to depend on where they go with the TV deals. Because, you know, say they go away from NBC Universal, then that means they have to most likely uplift their whole library to somewhere else too as well. Yes, it'll be a pain in the ass. It'll take yeah. about six months before it's up and running again. So, so then I have to go somewhere else. Then I could see them go in the pair up. If they stay with Peacock, they might stay with that because you know that's a big ask. You know, having fans say, "Okay, let's call the price." We want to say like fifty bucks. We'll call it. We'll call it fifty bucks. Yep. All right, you have to pay fifty bucks every month to see a premium live event. And then I guess you have to call it a pay-per-view again because you're paying to view it. They have to go away from that name of premium live event uh, going back to the pay-per-view format. But, you know, it's going to be a hard ass telling fans, you know, you got to go back to paying for this because, you know, whereas, you know, your UFC, their pay-per-views are all big deals. Mm -hmm. WWE, their premium live events, not all of them are big deals. Like, you have your yeah. smaller ones. Like, you have, like, your Backlash is kind of a, your smaller one. You have, your, like, your fast lane, Your, your Battlegrounds. Like, yeah, Elimination like Chambers. Yeah, you know, like, things outside, like that. Outside the big four, really, you know, most of them are on the smaller side. So you, you either have to tier, if they're going to charge tier the price thing, be like, all right, for the big four, you got to pay this, but for the others, pay that, like, a lower amount. Or they continue the way they do and just maybe raise the subscription fee. Yes. I think all of that will be subject to a lot of research over the next three years, call mm-hmm. it. Um, even, Nick, even Nick Khan said that. He said, we'd be open to upcharging for at least maybe the big four shows, Rumble, yep. Survivor Series, Mania, etc. Yep. But we don't want to price out the customer. So, well, because I think they see like how successful their model 
is right now with how much they're making. And they've spent the last decade training people that, hey, if you pay ten dollars nine ninety a month, what is it? Nine ninety a month. And now with Peacock it is five ninety a month with ads, the six dollars a month. You get everything. You get the library. You get all the pay per views. You get. Yeah, and I think they, if they said, "Hey, we're going to charge you nine 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 a month," people wouldn't complain about that because you know all these streaming service prices are going up. Yes. So like right now, they're one of the lowest out there price wise as is. Correct. I don't think you have a problem with that. If you had to go from no. five ninety nine to nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, I'm tongue tied today a little bit. Uh, that wouldn't be an, an issue at all. I think, people be could li- saying, I think people could live with that. If it was just, that was the only change they made, like, was just, okay, we're going to raise the the, uh, the fee for it. Or it's like, you know, maybe Peacock charges a separate fee to subscribe to WWE. I could see that, too. I could see them being, all right, you're going to get all the stuff. You're going to get everything, but... you got to uh, pay, like, an extra five, six bucks a month to get just strictly... WWE stuff in addition, and WWE gets a kicker on the regular Peacock subscription fee on top of it. So I think my theory is, and this is what I think what the UFC does, but it's, I think they're going to sell both of these properties together. Once other deals expire, mm-hmm. they're going to either sell to Disney, Universal, somebody else, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, you're going to pay us, uh, call it $3 billion per year, and you're going to get all the WWE content, all the UFC content, and you got to buy it both together. Package deal kind of thing. Okay. Um, well, because you, well, you wonder, too, like, when you go to your TV deals, do they stick with the two current ones or on split, or do they go, like, strictly to one network? Like, you know, I'm interested in that as well. So Endeavor, they're businessmen, mm-hmm. business people. I, I think they're going to go with whoever says, hey, they don't have any... So Vince McMahon has a loyalty to USA Network and NBC. Oh, yeah. They've been doing business for 40, 50 years together. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon is now an employee, not the CEO anymore. Yep. Uh, and like it or not, you know he could be voted out at this point with 51% voting power going to Mar- Ari Emanuel. So yep. I think Ari Emanuel is like, I don't give a fuck. I will give it to whoever wants to give the most money to it yep. and who I have the best relationships with. Yep. So it would be nice if they put it on actual NBC because then that... There's your get around there. And I think that could be an opportunity. I think it could be like, maybe Ari says, hey, we're going to stick with Universal, but we want better distribution. We want... Yeah, because you look, the Fox deal has been doing decent. Like, whereas USA, you know, that you can see the numbers are lacking behind. So I wonder if they put Mondays, like maybe condense it back down to two hours. Could be. Two-hour roll NBC time slot, 8 o'clock. You know, I know they got other shows, but I'm sure they can manipulate some stuff around and go that route. They could. I'm I'm gonna venture to say that I think the three hours time slot is gonna stay. I mean, yeah. you see it over. You're you're seeing it now over at AEW too. Like where it's it's 2023. It's hard to produce compelling television that keeps a viewership audience. Like I mean, three hours they, is tough though. It's it's tough for the fan. It's, it's a lot to sit through for fans. I think at home. But three hours, whereas, like, you know, I think dedicating just two hours is a lot easier. And I think, you know, TV rating-wise, they'll see them holding fans longer if they go that route. I think they condensed the two. Correct, yes, from the fan side. But if you're NBC, you're you're the program director, you're like, I got to find, I got, call it 18 hours of programming I got to fill here. I mean, we'll put some infomercials on at 3 o'clock in the morning, but... Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I can do raw for two hours. Then I got to find a, a one hour or what am I going to do? I'm going to pay like, well, if it goes to reruns, they'll always fill something at that time. Cause all their shows are done by then by 10. It could. So I can either pay for big bang theory reruns, which is going to cost me a penny. Uh, I could try to experiment and gamble on some other kind of, you know, late night reality show, you know, um, most extreme elimination challenge, you know, meets Guy Fieri, falls off of a cliff kind of well, show. all they have to do is kill, like, a little, like, an hour and a half, and then rolls right into the Tonight Show. They did NBC. They could do that, yes. And they got, uh, ev- there's always that evening news yep. spot, too. Or they push it back and do, like, you do roll, like, 9 to 11, and then you have, like, the 27-minute news, and then you go right into Jimmy Fallon. So usually they go do 11 o'clock news. So you could do 9 to 11, roll into the news, right in the Jimmy Fallon. You could. You could do that. And but it's, get around. But if you're the program director at NBC or USA Today, or USA Today, USA Network, it's it's easy to say, all right, you know, we'll throw WWE or TKO another couple million dollars to just keep the cameras rolling for another hour. We don't yeah. have to worry about figuring out a show that people may or may not tune into, or i got to go pay for expensive reruns for Seinfeld or or um, for Big Bang Theory of The Office, like, I know that audience, WB, you know, they might, might drop off, but if I pay them a little bit more, they'll keep the show going, and audience will guaranteed stay tuned in for another hour. It's tough. It's business versus quality. And it's yeah. a fine line. I think if the quality was better, obviously, there'd be less complaints about the three-hour length. Um... So maybe that's something they got to learn to focus on more is the quality of the three hours, because there's always, it's always had, so it's like I feel like the one hour is always very stale. That middle hour, it's always that like eight to nine starts off great, then that nine to ten is like that stale hour, and then your ten to eleven is where they try to bring it back home. Yes, and that's a great point because now as they're going into or they have to, in the next year or two, start selling mm-hmm. these TV shows again, they have to get that creative sharp as a razor blade and get mm-hmm. it back to where it needs to be. And right now, I don't think it is. Based off of the <laughs> Monday night after all, which I think is a good thing to go into now. Yes, and as we record this, we're post-Smackdown. Yep. Really, nothing monumental happened either. So let's yep. kick things off. Uh, the Raw after WrestleMania, we caught up with you guys Sunday night, right after yep. WrestleMania Live. And in living color, and gave her kind of live feedback on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one for ages. I thought they did a great job putting it together overall. It was that. De- it was definitely the best two night one they've done, for sure. Absolutely, I think we can collectively agree it was the best two night WrestleMania in, in by far, like in two, the history of the two nights since WrestleMania thirty six, and I would say probably the best overall Mania in maybe the last five years. I can't disagree with that. No. I think yeah. the emotion was there. I felt like yep. It felt like a big-time event. I felt the emotion in the storylines oh, and the yeah. match payoffs. I haven't felt that in a long time. For them, no. Yeah, I, would I, mean, def- I would definitely agree. Like, you know, some of the manias in the past, like there was maybe like one or two matches you were invested in. I feel like this one, there was a lot more you could get invested into. Yeah, and even Dave Meltzer of WrestlingObserver.com uh, gave out his match ratings. He had multiple five stars, and it's hard to get a five star rating out of him. Mm-hmm. He had the tag match as a five star rating. He yep. had the and the Intercontinental yep. Championship as a five star rating. Mm-hmm. It is hard to get a five star rating out of Dave Meltzer, especially when it's a WWE show. Yep, there was two on this pay per view, two, mm-hmm. which is insane. 
for if you're a wrestling mark. I would say he was accurate with the ones he gave five stars as well. Yeah, absolutely. And he had multiple four stars. He gave a four and a a quarter star to Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. Yep. And to the main event. I think a 4.75 was the main event, maybe. Yes, it was close. It was almost there. And, you know... And I was wondering, like, what his logic is. What would give him that 25% more to get him to five stars? Mm -hmm. I thought it was a... Hats off to everybody involved. Tremendous event. But... Then there's night Let after. Let it marinate <laughs> the night after. It's supposed to be the quote-unquote new season yep. of WWE. They call it the biggest... It's supposed to call it, like, the biggest brawl of the year. That's how they always advertise it. And, and I, I say you, it used to be. Oh, it used to be that way. Absolutely. Like, all the NXT call-ups, the returns. Like, I remember, like, having to be glued to my TV. Like, making clearing my schedule to watch the Monday Night Raw after Mania. Because it was always probably the best one of the year. I would say no doubt about yes. it. Yes. Uh, not even close. But, you know, what we've been getting the last few years, you know, it's really been a, like a huge shift. Like, you, you it's kind of doesn't have that same aura. We don't get like the big, you know, debuts anymore, really. Uh, I mean, the only return we got this year was Riddle, and that was it. Like, you know, it, it was very lackluster. And I feel like it's been that way the last few years. I agree. I feel like it's like, you know, it's like it's Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and you're you have this big package, and you're ready to open it up and see what fucking surprise you open it up, and you yep. get socks and underwear. Just yep. like, eh, I kind of need these, but a little disappointing. No, nope. that's kind of the feeling that I got the last couple of years. It's like you're getting a lump of coal instead. Lump of coal, indeed. Yes, it's just like, all right, this is a fresh start. Yep, it's the biggest raw. You know, everybody's tuning in. To mm-hmm. like because they want to see what happens. They want to see what Roman says. They want to see what Cody says. They want to see oh, what yeah. Paul Heyman says. They want to see what Sami Zayn's gonna say. Like, and it's just like you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have the retention. Do something crazy. Yeah, and I think like what? literally bring up Braun Breaker to come out and just to start destroying people. They did yeah. something. I mean, I'll go, I will give them a little bit of credit because I'm an empathetic person. Mm-hmm. They tried to swerve people a little bit with the Brock Lesnar Cody kind of angle, and I was swerving. I was like, "Oh, that's different." And I think that was really the only thing worthwhile on the show, because, like, for example, they opened the show with Triple H coming out with that like promo that was just basically a whole lot of nothing. Yes, and we saw that again and on then, SmackDown. And then the, yeah, then rolled into the Roman Cody segment, which wasn't that was okay, that wasn't bad. Um. But then from there, like, it just wasn't wasn't good. No, it wasn't. And, you know, I appreciate all the, you know, again, the business side of things. But I think they're getting a little too more into the airing the corporate stuff on television when it's supposed to be about storylines mm-hmm. and feuds and rivalries and all that good stuff. Like character yep. development and... Literally, the opening of SmackDown was triple, or the 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 nine o'clock hour was yeah. Triple H coming out talking about how many metrics they hit on yep. digital media for WrestleMania. I'm like, yep. Till getting into like the actual news, like I don't think you need to hit the metric stuff. Like we don't need to know about that. Like that's the fans aren't there to hear metrics; they're there to see a wrestling show. Correct. I understand that, and I like that stuff. But I'm thinking to myself as the 
you know, the 14-year-old, the 12-year-old watching WV, I, would, I, would, like, I, I no, wouldn't understand that. Like, what the heck are you telling me right now? I have no clue what I mean, like, this I don't, means. I don't know what that means. Yeah. And, but what I did feel over the last weekend was the culmination of the Bloodline storyline with Sami Zayn when he's about to hit the Huluva kick at the end of that tag match, I felt the emotion. Mm-hmm. For a minute, I was, for several minutes, I was just, and this is the best part about professional wrestling, is when you... You suspend belief, and you just forget that you're watching a choreographed kind of yep. entertainment event, and you're you're t- you're suck you're transported into that story mm-hmm. that's been brewing for the last year, and this is the payoff, and you hear the live audience, and not, you not just, pumped in noise either, not like pumped we, in like noise. We heard on SmackDown. No, no, it's authentic, real, yeah. raw emotion. And you feel it live in that building, and you feel mm-hmm. it through your TV screen, and you yep. feel it. It's to the point where you're holding your your chin like this, and you're just glued to the TV, just trying to like take it all in. Yep. And you just forget. You forget about your worries. You forget about what what's going on at work, and what like ever you know the cat's doing in the corner over <laughs> here, and what you got to do your chores. You got to do more. You're just sucked into that moment. And that right there, my friends, is the best part about this uh, fucking industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. When they really hit those 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 nerves, that's professional wrestling at its finest. And they were able to do that a few times over this last card. We mentioned the tag match, the Intercontinental match. I was just the same thing. I was like, holy shit, they're getting the shit out of each other. Yep, the Chop Fest. <laughs> the Chop Fest, and hats off to those guys talk about that again but those guys tore the house down oh yeah and the uh the world title match too the same thing i felt the real emotion i felt the you know the 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 emotion from cody rhodes uh and his father and the journey to get here and mm-hmm. developing the promotion of leaving and coming back and all that i felt it all mm-hmm. and that's that's the that's that's professional wrestling at its finest there's a lot of horrible stuff around it and you know bad creative Excuse me, bad creative wrapped around it, but it's all worth it when they get to those couple of really fine tooth diamond moments in the industry. And um, yeah, I just think they had an opportunity on Monday to kind of can build off of that momentum, and I think they struck they sc- out. Yeah, oh, they absolutely struck out. They, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking because you know, like we said, it was one of the best manias they've had in a while, and you know, there was so much they could have done, and they just didn't do it yeah so now you wonder how they build back up now because for example we have backlash coming up soon and then they head to uh their next what was it king and queen they have of the king ring. and queen of the ring in saudi arabia in may yep and then they've got the next big one after that would technically money, be money in the bank money in, in the bank like the first week like july 4th weekend yep so it's and now it's like it's very predictable road to SummerSlam at this point unfortunately it's like, all right, they're going to do kind of a, a thing at, at, in, in San Juan at Backlash because they're trying to re-kind of claim that market again. they got yep. Bad Bunny there. Mm-hmm. So we no title match. but And then they're going to like just kind of coast through to Money in the Bank. They'll build it up a little bit because they're going to London for that. Yep. And the Saudi Arabia show will be a big spectacle, quote-unquote, but it won't mean anything storyline-wise. Nope. And then they're going to... like start building the SummerSlam after the Money in the Bank event in July to yep. August. So it's like, the next six months, 
I could super I could sketch it out on my notepad what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, probably for sure. And the only question is who's gonna be the money in the bank winner. That's the only thing you can't sketch out. And the challenge is that doesn't even excite me too much anymore because they fucked that up the last couple of years too, where they give it into like Yep, they have, I feel like they haven't really thought about the winners. They just kinda last second like, Yeah, we'll throw it on you and see what happens. And then realize it was a bad bad decision. Then they have to figure out a way to get it off of the person. Yes. There was a time where the Money in the Bank winner, that was a big deal. That was yeah. like, all right, you knew there was, they were going to be... It used to be like a, a guaranteed successful cash. And now, like, lately, it's a guaranteed fail. Uh, yeah. They give it to Baron Corbin and got buried at SummerSlam. They yep. gave it to Otis and whatever happened there. Yep. They gave it to... Uh, Austin Theory, we saw what happened there. It's just like then the they Miz give it to Brock Lesnar. Came at came the Miz at, had it too. The Miz, had, yeah. It's just like it's been irrelevant. Yeah. It's just like what are you doing? Like you're trying and to build this up. I guess be, the last relevant one was Big E. Yes, but what is just frustrating is like this could have been their next quote unquote Royal Rumble winner, as mm-hmm. in like. You know, when you win the Royal Rumble, it's a big deal. We know you're going toe-to-toe. You're the next guy or girl in line. Mm -hmm. This could have been that that thing in the other part of the year that you're going to SummerSlam or wherever else, Survivor Mm -hmm. Series, to challenge for the title. And they're just like, they're not, they've kind of withered away at that importance. Oh, yeah. They've done a lot. I feel like they've done a lot of withering away at importance. Even I feel like winning the Royal Rumble now. Yes. Like... There's been a lot of failure recently with that, at least on the men's side. Now, I don't want to make this a gripe session show, but I will say, hats off to the creative team. They've really put a a strong importance on reestablishing credibility some of their championships. You see that with the world title. Roman Reigns is going on 1,000 days. The Intercontinental Championship is as relevant as it's ever been in the last 10 years with Gunther. Yeah, I think it's the one good thing they've done is they don't have titles bouncing around anymore. No. The Tag Team Championships were held by the Usos for for 500? Yes, a long time. They feel important again. Bianca Belair's held hers for over a year, like... They're doing, they're doing better. So, if there is a bright spot in all of this, and it's all constructive criticism because I love everybody, and I just want everybody to succeed and do well, and I think they've done an excellent job at trying to really make their titles mean something again. Because for years, if you saw in the 2016s and 17s and 18s where it was uh, Moxley or and... The Miz and Kevin Owens flip-flopping the Intercontinental Championship every week. Yep. It was just like, who the fuck cares? Now it means something again. Gunther has held it for how long? It, it's the longest reign in the last... Yeah. In the 21st century. Um, it used to be a very predictable route for the world title, where the uh, heel would kind of come up with the title around Survivor Series into the Royal Rumble... And the face would take it off at WrestleMania. Now, we've had a consistent heel world champion for almost 1,000 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest storylines in the last decade. Oh. Who's going to take it off? I have no idea. I thought if I saw online today, like, if they wanted to go the Bruno San Martino route, he would have to hold to 2028 the title. 2028? 2028. 
You know what? I wouldn't doubt it. That's only five more years. I mean, I don't think they'll go that route. But you know, I just found yeah, it funny a to read. Long like, time. Yeah. Can you imagine that moment he finally takes the pin after that long, uh-huh. almost yep. ten, like eight year run? That would yep. be like. Well, even now, USA think about, would cover it. Even now, think about it, the moment he takes a pin. Like over a thousand days as champion, it's been even longer since he's been pinned. You think about it this way, in the 2020s decade, and we're now approaching the midway point-ish, like... He hasn't been pinned. He's not been pinned since December 2019. Yep. That's insane. In today's world of professional wrestling. Maybe back in the 70s, it would have been, like, a little more common, but... Yep. Today does not take a lot... Take an L in 2020, in the 2020s, even the last six months. Well, he's taken a loss. He just hasn't been the one to get pinned in the loss. Right. For sure. Um, so, I know we've kind of long-winded on this subject, but yep. give me your thoughts on Raw. What do they do good? What do they need to prove on? You Give me your thoughts on the Cody thing. Any candid thoughts on Raw this past week? I mean, I am curious where they go with Cody besides the Brock piece. Um, where they go from that. Is he going to be the one to face Roman at SummerSlam again? Is they're trying to, like, rebuild Cody and continue the story? Um... And have it at SummerSlam, we take it, or we see, like, you know, like we've gotten repeats of Roman Lesnar at Mania. Do we have a repeat next year of Cody Roman at Mania again? Which I don't think we would, because I don't think they would have Cody win the Rumble back to back years. Um, so I'm wondering what they're going to do with Cody and what their end game plan is with Roman and the title, because everyone was convinced it was going to be at Mania this year, was the end game, and now that it's not. You know, we wonder what is their end game plan, because um, hopefully, you know, you would hope that they have an end game plan already, kind of like roughly in place of where they want to go with all this. I don't think they do. Like, what is the end game? I think they got to this long. I, I think they have a rough idea, but obviously, like it can change like at any time. But I would think you always have to have a rough plan of like where you wanted to go, because you don't want to just have someone hold the title just because you wouldn't have substance and meaning so if they don't have anything with substance and meaning like then they know it's time to go on so they gotta have probably like a rough sketch of when it goes i think could be but the big thing is not how or when you'd always make it at a big event like a mania but it's who who do you have to actually pull the trigger and end this and i thought cody was and I think still should be the guy. It's just you it made know, sense. How do they get the steam back on Cody? Because I feel like they kind of screwed up the steam Cody had a little bit on him. So now that you've marinated a week, mm-hmm. give me your thoughts on. Are you? Would you have ended it? Are you happy? With, do you, like the way they've ended Mania and where they're continuing this Cody yeah. Rhodes as the underdog kind of story. Like, what do you? How do you feel about all that? It's like therapy session for the wrestling fan now. I personally, for me, I would have liked to see the Roman thing end at Mania and move Wrestling, on to something move new. Move on to something new because, like, defend the title wise, like, what's left for like defending it against other like all these people? He's pretty much beaten every single top person there is in the company. Um, so that's why I thought it was time for it to you know kind of pass it on and give it to someone else. Um, so that's why I'm really curious where they go with this route. I mean, um, obviously his uh, part-time schedule definitely helps. And that's like, you know, it's not really a thing well, I thought it was time to because of the part-time schedule thing, you know. I like it better when you have a more 
full-time champion like where you regularly see him. I get like Roman now they're trying to create this like mystique like they used to do with Brock Lesnar when he held the title. Um, and you would casually see him and they're kind of trying to do that same thing with Roman it seems like now. Um, but I think it was, you know, it would have been the right time to take it off him. So I'm curious where they go. So one of the other theories that I, I've been reading through all the comments and scrolling mm-hmm. and just kind of just trying to digest what the pulse is right now. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people said, you know what, Cody didn't have that much adversity to get to the Roman title shot. He he obviously tore his pack and went away for a while. It came back in the 30 spot, won the Royal Rumble, and all of a sudden, there he goes. He's in the title spot. So yep. some people have been chiming in saying that we want to see him feel the adversity a little more. So maybe they they take the next year and build that adversity up. He came this close to winning. He gets walloped by Brock Lesnar, and he's going to go back and forth with Brock, Brock Lesnar perhaps one or two, maybe three times uh, over the next year, and then tries to inch his way back to the title match at WrestleMania 40 to where maybe that's the big payoff. After a whole yeah, it, year of trying to come this close. The only times Roman are going to lose it is either SummerSlam or Mania. I think that's it at this point. And I think at this point, after this long, you have to do it at Mania. I feel like... What if they did it randomly at like a... <laughs> a payback Mad- or Madison something? Square Garden house show. <laughs> show yeah. <laughs> Uh, or he tears his quad like Shane McMahon did, and they're like, oh, oh we got to vacate. Oh, we got to vacate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's safe. That's, as Triple H said in the press conference, like, uh, wrestling, the story never ends. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, finish the story? He's like, you know what? The story never ends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll keep moving a little bit and uh, kind of see where everything kind of goes here. But, yeah. SmackDown this past week. We heard an interesting remark. After we got those metrics. <laughs> after we got the press release, uh, regurgitated by one Paul Levesque, uh, mm-hmm. chief content officer of yep. World Wrestling Entertainment, giving a uh, business press release to uh, during a live event when people are tuning in to watch, uh, you know, uh, the Viking Raiders versus, uh, you know, whoever. <laughs> um, he announced the return of the WWE draft which is coming up he said quote unquote in the next few few weeks weeks. yep so give me your thoughts on the draft do you like this do you think it's a ratings ploy or do you think they're really trying to shake things up um well it's definitely a ratings ploy i would say for sure um but you know he claims this is going to be the like what do you say like the biggest draft yet that's what he said he said this is going to be a game-changing draft so i wonder what he means by that or is it just like a normal draft and that's his way of marketing it, saying it's going to be a game-changing draft? Um, because, like, recently I feel like the draft doesn't mean as much. I just, like, doesn't mean as much to brand split because lately we've seen, like, you know, a lot of guys popping up on both shows, um, you know, with these undisputed champions they have now, like, in the men's, like, you know, they pop up on both shows, which the only reason I'm not a fan of that because I feel like it's kind of unfair to the women. Because, yes. like, you know, there's no undisputed, undisputed women's champion, so they're just sticking to their shows doing it, whereas the men get to bounce around however they want. Um, so I feel like that's not fair to the women, because I feel like that's kind of taking credibility off them that they can't have undisputed uh, women's champion. However, all. they've teased now 
They've teased a feud it. between yeah. Bianca and Rhea Ripley, and perhaps a, a potential yeah, tiff and a showdown to where maybe they merge the women's titles. Yes, yeah, they have done that. Which you know, if they're going to stick with the men's route, staying combined, I would be okay with them doing the women's route then as well to make it equal. Um, however, you know, with the women, there's less titles to hold. Yes, is my only issue. So that's the only reason why sometimes putting that women's title together could be bad. Because, again, you know, it provides less opportunity for women to have a spotlight on them. Um, yes. So that's the only reason why I kind of like them split for women personally. Um, personally as well, I would like the men's titles to be split as well. Because, you know, similar thing, you know, it's not allowing, you know, some higher echelon guys, for example, in the men's division, to be able to hold the main title because one person's taking up both. Um, and then the same thing with the tag teams. Um, I feel like it's really holding back the tag team division only having one uh, unified champion right now. Um, because, like, for example, at Mania, we had that, like, pointless tag match mm-hmm. um, that meant nothing because, you know, normally that would have gone to, like, if the tag titles were split, it would have gone to a match rate related to that. Um, so that's my only problem. Like, if I wish, like, the game-changing announced be they're splitting the titles, but I know that probably, probably. won't be it. Um but they're going to do it. I think they really need to be more true to, like, you have to stay on your brand. Yes. I would take it back to either 2002 or 2016, where they said, all right, we're going to do this brand split. We're mm-hmm. going to have separate titles. We're going to make the yep. shows look and feel different. Everybody's going to kind of stay in their own lane. Yep. That would be a game-changing kind of announcement, and we're going to incorporate NXT in there. We're going to draft people from NXT and pull people up. That's going to get. Well, that's been part of the drafts recently too, is pulling people from NXT. Anyway, so with all that, I don't know how "quote unquote" you make this a game-changing draft. I mean, the last couple of years we've had had a superstar shakeup where they've just had random yeah. people changing shows, but not an official. Draft. Yeah, I think all the drafts were kind of just like, eh, recently. Like, I mean. The most recent draft I remember that was a good one was the one Finn Balor was in, came in, up from NXT, won the Universal title. Like, you know, I think that's the best draft we've had. It was like five, six, a long time ago, yeah. 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 So I think, like, since then it hasn't really been a great, like, a big deal to draft. No, and it hasn't. It's just like, and it goes back to our conversation with the money in the bank. It's just like, things that used to be a big deal... They've been just kind of phoning it in on, and it's taken yep. some of the luster off of it. Yep. Well, I am happy they're not doing a shake-up. They're doing an actual draft, though. Yes, so we can actually tune in to see, all right, who's going to select who, who's going to come up from NXT, what's mm-hmm. what's going to go where. Superstar shake-up was just almost like a, a random segment where, oh, my God, so-and-so they're showed here up. Now. Yeah, they're here now. We traded him for so-and-so. Like, yeah, you know. it was just like, all right. No, like, no rhyme or reason, no methodology, nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this person is now here. Yep. Because that's what we the writing team said. Mm-hmm. But the draft, it's kind of like, all right, but the question is, like, without, like, the separate, like, authority figures, commissioners, general managers, like, yeah. who's making the draft picks? That's true. And why do I care? Like, well, because recently they did what? It was like they had executives... From Fox yeah. and USA making the picks. So, like, it was just, like, people backstage made the picks. And, like, just they put random people on camera pretending to be excited about making those picks. Even though they literally had no say in what those were. No. And it's all fun. It's just, like, 
again, it goes back to the reading the press release and metrics mm-hmm. and all. It's like, yeah, as a business like fan, I as an adult, I appreciate some of that stuff. But like as yeah. a as the fan watching the demographic, like they're gonna be like, who is that? Why do I care? Like, yeah, you know. But back in the day when it was. You had a Shane on one show and a Stephanie other that they were, had a feud mm-hmm. going. Or you had yep. a Stephanie and Eric Bischoff and they were kind of feuding. You had like... Rick Flair. W- Rick Flair and Vince McMahon yeah. back in the day on the separate shows where it's just like, all right, there's there's some tension there between mm-hmm. the two. Maybe it's going to lead to a pay-per-view payoff and yep. there's some emotion tied to it. And mm-hmm. it just made me just like care a little more. And now it's just like, a, it's just kind of phoning it in. Oh, yeah. I just don't think it's that hard. Like, I know, let's just preface it, I know nothing about writing a wrestling television show, but I just feel like with some of the obvious layup, low-hanging fruit things that you can do that have been tried and true the last five decades in the pro wrestling TV industry, like, why don't try some of those no-brainer things to get some excitement going? No, I agree, yeah. Have a surprise or two. Have somebody to swerve or two. Have... You know, somebody show up, somebody random show up, make a new signing, do something, just do something different, <laughs> do something fucking different. Well, we'll see if it's game changing. We will see. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. Maybe it's going to be like, you know what, here's a whole thing and you know what, and it's going to be like, wow, that was game changing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in a few weeks. We sure will. So, what do we got next, Cavaroni? That's it. That's all That's we got. That's all we got? Yep. Uh, quite the monumental week. Uh, yep. So much to talk about, and this conversation will continue because, as Triple H says, the story never ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see what happens with the draft, with the Endeavor uh, merger and acquisition mm-hmm. with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Where does this go? What does it mean for the entire wrestling industry? And so much to tor- more to talk about. But join the conversation with us on social media, on Twitter, at Wrestling Makes. Join us on TikTok as well, and YouTube. We like some of those little video montages. It seems some some people are uh, fans of those so let us know what you want to see i would literally do whatever you want <laughs> i'm just prefacing that i'm trying to get some traction on these channels i will do whatever you want but uh, join the conversation with us at wrestling on social media uh subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on apple spotify google iHeartMedia, and many others Deezer, if you're international, whatever. Uh, we're all there. We're there. We're in your living room. We're in your earbuds where you're going for a run at the gym, sitting in the sauna, going f- to the massage parlor, and getting whatever happens after that. Uh, we're there. We're there. Uh, so subscribe wherever you get your shows and join the conversation with us and uh, and throw us a follow. Give us a five-star review, and uh, we'd love to see that. But for CB and AD, we'll see you next time on Wrestling Makes the World. Takes peace.